Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. If you have any correspondence or prayer requests you would like to share with the WIBR Warren Radio, you can go to a go to our contact page on warren-usa.com. You can follow us on these social sites, Sayscape, by using Watchman IS216. Telegram is WIBR Warren Radio. USA.life is Warren Radio. MeWe is Dana Smith 2, the number 2. CloudHub, you can find us on CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn with The Watchman, Pure, you can find us on Pure Social and Gab Social. You can listen to all our shows from the following carriers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, Tune in, Google Play Music, Warn Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. Check out the latest articles by The Watchman posted on Dana Glenn Smith and Warren Radio. Expected End Image of Christ. The expected end and image of Christ is the goal of God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Plain and simple, yet hard to bear, all who are in Christ Jesus will be brought to an expected end. Also, Hosea, startling prophecy with the whore and children. Hosea's startling prophecy bring a life lesson using the prophet Hosea, a whore, and children from that union. And you can go to warn-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com to read those articles by the Watchman. And now, I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings and welcome. We are in February, in case you have not figured that out. Sometimes it's better not to know what month you're in or what year. Nevertheless, we of those in faith, well, yes, we can be in a place where there's trouble. 
but never in a place where God has forsaken us. For we believe, we trust God, that through faith in Jesus Christ, that our Father knows our name and who we are. Today, I want to remind you to trust God and our Father through Jesus Christ our Lord for all the tomorrows in your life. Now I'm speaking to believers today. Believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who walk in his light, John chapter 1, no, 1 John chapter 1. Those who have been born again of his spirit, John chapter 3. Those who have received him, John 1. Those who have confessed their sins, Romans 3 through 7. Trusting God for all the tomorrows in your life. Not being anxious or excited or worried about tomorrow's troubles. You deal with today's problems or maybe today's blessings you can rejoice. The whole essence of Matthew 6 that the Lord gave us is that there's a greater power than ourselves. And today, no greater place to learn that than our study today justified by faith in Romans. The same God who said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and that all sinners will die for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and the soul that sinneth it shall die is the same God who gave us hope through Jesus Christ our Lord who said that if you believe and have faith and you trust in that name then he will receive you and forgive you. So he's made a way. So Matthew six thirty one through 34, before we get into our study, then do not be anxious saying, what may we eat? Or what may we drink? Or what may clothe us? I mean, these are worries. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? We're not to be anxious by saying it, and we're not to be taking any thought. Don't speak it, don't think it. Take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now they will come, but we're to seek. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek after him. First John 1 puts it, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. There is a place where you can walk today, even as an American in America, where 
people are getting unemployed. They've been unemployed because of the pandemic, but thanks to Biden and his leftist regime, they're stopping a lot of things uh, that provide jobs, things that are stupid to stop because a lot of the liberals haven't thought this over. They're going to suddenly do away with coal and oil and all the rest of it and say that's it. No, that's not it. You weren't elected as the king of America, Biden. You're another president, and one day you'll be gone. So take heed how you act in that office. Now another one that I like, and I, I really love this verse, and you can find the context of it in Psalm 33, 5, Jeremiah 31, 12. Now I'm going to be repeating Psalm 27, 13. It talks about the goodness of the Lord. Those three verses talks about the goodness of the Lord. Now David talked about that because David faced a lot of enemies and a lot of troubles. And he said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I wouldn't have made it. I would have failed if I hadn't believed that somehow, some way, in the midst of all my troubles, I could see the goodness or the favor of God in the land of the living where I was at to deliver me. And that's where we're at today. I believe in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that God will make a way. I'm not going to open the door to tomorrow with fear, but faith, believing that God will make a way for me, for my family, and also for all those who believe. So today, we're going to enter in. Say with me, I believe in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Say it again and again. Believe it. Open the door to tomorrow, your tomorrows, with faith and not fear. Fear will bind you. It's a killer. Open that door to tomorrow with faith, believing that this God will make a way for you and your family. Believe that. Father, help them to believe this and to walk in it because you, the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. That's including the brains Biden is not a puppet all by himself, and he has people manipulating him. And he has a certain agenda, and he's thinking he's doing fine. But it's not fine. Matter of fact, there's wickedness afloat. Because with the same hand that he put his, you know, I mean, he put his hand on the Bible and swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, then all he did was spend the first first week violating it by putting out all these uh, executive orders like he's the president uh, or king rather and he is the president but he's not a king he was never elected a king and he's destroying things turning things upside down which was their agenda of course 
But see, God is in charge today. Now, in Romans, Paul is writing in verse 1, What advantage then has the Jews? Or profit, what profit is there of circumcision? Now see, up until the new covenant, the Jews had the covenant. <laughs> you know, that's the way it was. All there was was the Sinai covenant. The promises and everything the Jews had. Now, Yahshua, when he came, was a fulfillment of those promises. And the Jews would look at all the Gentiles, and they were nothing but pagans. They, they were goyim. They were unbelievers. They served other gods. And the Jews thought that they were more righteous because they kept the law. And they did those things pleasing. And then, of course, when the New Covenant came, the Gentiles embraced the gospel. Especially when it was preached by Paul, who called himself a Pharisee of the Pharisees, who suddenly became born again. So the Jews did have an advantage, but now they don't. They are just like the rest of the Gentiles, needing to be redeemed. And we will cover that in this series, by the way, because Paul deals with this in Romans later on. So what advantage has the Jews? Well, this is what he says. Much every way, or much in every way, Chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. And he's right. They were committed to it. They knew. They saw the glory of the Lord when he descended upon the mount. When Moses received the covenant. They had promises. They saw them fulfilled. They, were, they entered into the land. They also saw the judgment of God. They saw, it was, saw what it was like in dealing with a God who had decided he was going to continue to interact with his creation that had fallen from grace because he had always planned it. He knew they needed help and they, he knew that they couldn't save themselves. So Paul goes on to say, for what if some did not believe, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Well, just because they don't believe, that don't affect you or me or another Jew. Matter of fact, there's secular Jews all over the world. There's Messianic Jews all over the world. But you see, there's one thing about the Jewish race. They have been condemned, criticized, ostracized, murdered, killed, slaughtered. And they're still in the world existing, and they're in the land, and they have got enemies everywhere. But yet, during President Trump's final days in office, him and his team 
initiated the Abraham Accords, the, the peace between Israel and their brother, or the peace between, to go way back, the peace between Isaac and Ishmael. This is very, very important, and of course, Biden and his minions totally escaped it. So did most of America, except for the Messianic Jews that are paying attention and the Christians that are paying attention. God forbid, in verse 4, Paul says, Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. You know, the thing of it is, is that man pretends or portends that he is righteous. Now, every word that a man says, or a woman, let's say human being, every word that they say is going to be judged. Every jot and tittle of the law will be fulfilled. And there's only one way that you're going to overcome. The Jews are not going to overcome just by repeating the Torah over at the wall. But make no mistake, there's a lot of them that when they're repeating it, they will be weeping and crying over the word of God. But yet it takes Yahshua to redeem men from sin. All men, not just Jews. And see, we've been leading up to this because in Romans 1, a lot of countries, including laws, lawmakers, do not like people preaching the latter part of Romans 1. Matter of fact, in Holland, I seen the title yesterday. Again, it isn't surprising because I know what they do over there. that the preachers are going to have to submit their sermons, they were talking about this, to the authorities, or they're not going to be able to preach. <laughs> now, that ain't going to work. And it, it's not going to work for, for the vast majority of those who know the Lord, truly know Him. Because you're going to have a whore church, and you're going to have the true church. Make no mistake, there's a pseudo-church out there. Pseudo-believers. The Ecclesia is not a bunch of bricks and stone and man-made denominations anyway. The Ecclesia are the called-out ones, those who have been redeemed. For all have been called to repent, but not all do repent. So Paul goes on to say, But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man, he says. Well, you know, see, this is... See, if our unrighteousness commends the righteousness of God, in the way, you know, when you're unrighteous, you're a sinner and God's going to judge you. But see, because of the grace of God, 
because of the goodness of God, because of the favor of God in giving us his grace so that through faith in Yahshua, Jesus Christ, we can be redeemed. So our unrighteousness then is covered by the righteousness of God through faith. So God is glorified when sinners repent. Because you see, you're not going to pick yourself up. You're not going to redeem yourself. You just ain't. It takes the Lord. But yet, if you do not repent, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God commands all men, all humans, all people, fallen, all have fallen, to repent. But even in John 3.16, if you follow that on down, it tells you that many won't repent. They won't come to the light because they love darkness more. People are not going to repent. They like what they're doing. Many others don't believe that, you know, God will judge them. But he will. Make no mistake about it. So Paul says, God forbid. Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? He speaks of man because he knows, Paul knows what men say. Well, it's it's not fair of God. You know, he's the one that created this. How did I get like this? Well, because of the fall. So Paul says, God forbid, for how then ha <laughs> for then how shall God judge the world? Well, he's going to judge the world whether you like it or not. I mean, I'm laughing because it's so ludicrous because we sit here on a little planet and we have scientists that don't believe that there's a God. I mean, major scientists didn't believe uh, because they get caught up in how this works and they think, well, you know, this is all science and, you know, it, there's no God involved, but there is. He's the one that created it, but they can't see it. But God's going to judge the world. But see, is God unrighteous who takes vengeance? No, he's not. But a lot of people think he is. Well, if God is unrighteous, how can God, who claims to be just, judge the world? He can't. That's why Paul says, God forbid. He goes on to say, for if the truth of God has much more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And it's not just Paul that may lie once in a while, but he's talking about what he previously said, is God unrighteous who takes vengeance. No, he is not unrighteous. He's given man a chance. He's given him every opportunity, but God will judge all people. He is the judge. It makes it easier if we just let him be the judge. Now, that doesn't mean Christians aren't supposed to judge. We're supposed to judge and in the way of evaluating 
the fruits of men, what things are like. We're supposed to know what is true and what isn't. But see, no matter what Paul does, even as an apostle, you see, without being born again and knowing the Lord, he's going to be judged as a sinner. But see, the thing of it is, because Paul, for instance, was blinded, and he says so, when he persecuted the church, he didn't believe. He was there when Yahshua was there. He consented unto the death of Stephen. He wasn't righteous. But yet God saw fit to redeem him and forgive him just like that. And see... I was on a lonely stretch of road out in the middle of the desert when God entered my truck as I was driving down the road after having some issues. <laughs> we always have issues. <laughs> I laugh now. I mean, it was a big thing. And I pulled over to the side of the Lord, I mean side of the road, and I got out, and cars were going by, and here I am kneeling by my truck out in the middle of the stinking desert. What is that guy doing? He must be crazy. <laughs> I was repenting. Well, God wasn't around. Sure he was. He was standing right there with me. <laughs> I got done, and the Lord said, get back in your truck and go back. I did. It makes me weep just thinking about it. And over the years, that same God has made several appearances. One was many years ago when there again in between my pastorate and that I kind of lost my way as far as what I'm going to be doing. I was raising a family, getting caught up and and this is what was at the beginning of the internet, very, very beginning. I was involved in it. That's why I know tech today. That's why I build my own websites, do graphics and things, because I can do that. I started it way back then. And as I was sitting there one day working on my computer, they were different. The internet was different. Totally different. No photos. There was no chat rooms. There was message boards. You'd leave a message and someone would find it and leave you one back. That was it, kids. You know, 1,200 kilobytes, that was all you got. And that ain't nothing today. <laughs> and so I was sitting there late one night, and all of a sudden there was a presence in my room. Well, what followed was an encounter I shall never forget. And God called me out for this last day ministry. I told him I couldn't. No, well, there's no arguing. I said, I can't. Look at me. He said, you're going to bring this gospel around the world. 
<laughs> fine. You know, I don't want to be an event, uh, a missionary. You know, I mean, I'm not going to travel anywhere. But we found out. Matter of fact, we led the way in online evangelism, as far as that goes. We were one of the first. I was one of the first. And Tower was there with me. My kids were with me. And I had an office downtown here. And we broadcast our messages. They were totally different than you're doing today. Now I everything is so simple today. Back then, you had to do the code totally different than you do today. Absolutely totally different. Everything was different. But we were one of the first groups anywhere doing it on the Internet. And over the years, we've had people from just about every nation on earth come to our websites at warren-usa.com. And we've had a plethora, I've still got a number of websites that refer to our original one. So the gospel went around. So Paul says, For if the truth of God has abounded more abundantly through my lie and unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? <clears throat> But see, there were some that hated him, classifying him as sinner. And, and a lot of the Jews didn't like him. So they classified him as a sinner because he wasn't keeping the covenant. They didn't realize there was a new covenant, which Paul was talking about. So they called Paul a sinner because, you know, there was more. Matter of fact, when he tried to go to the Jews, they wouldn't listen. He says, fine. Your blood be on your own head. I go to the Gentiles, which, which is what he did. So it goes on, on to say, And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, as some affirm that we say, Let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. Well, you know, there were those that said, well, if Christ came and forgive us, well, we can do whatever we want because we're forgiven. No, you can't. And we still have that today. Uh, we, we have it in our churches. We have it in our pulpits. Christ didn't do away with sin. Sin is there. Delusion and deception is there. But forgiveness is there as well. But we must be in the light as he is in the light. The problem with John 3.16, people that read it don't go any further and consume what the rest of that verse says in the context, which is the way you need to read it. What then, he says, are we better than they? Now he's talking about those who were slandering him and coming after him, which more than likely, I mean, everywhere he went, the Jews followed him. Because Paul was well known. They did not like it when one of theirs who was so good, and Paul was so good defending the gospel. I mean, he could go in the midst of Jews and there was no argument that he couldn't bring around and show them where, where the Messiah had come. 
and it got so bad that they couldn't even argue with him. They wouldn't even try because he was so good. So then they figured out, we'll just try to kill him or we'll slander him. We'll do whatever we can, which is what they did. They made it a habit. Jews would follow him around and they would get the unbelieving Gentiles riled, riled up as, long, as well as uh, the authorities. The Jews were well known among the Roman authorities and the Roman authorities didn't like them because they're stubborn, stiff-necked. I mean, even Moses thought the Jews were. <laughs> I'm laughing, you know, because, you know... A prophet that I knew, a Jewish prophet, told me one day, he says, well, if you're going to go talk to Jews about the gospel, he said, you're going to be there a while, if you can get in a word edgewise. You know, the old joke, take along a sack lunch and an army, because you're going to need both, because they're not going to listen. Why? Because they have had centuries of the word of God. They they are innately born to keep the law. It's in them because of their roots. That doesn't mean they can't know the truth. Many of them are blinded. But God will make a way. So Paul says, what then? Are we better than they? Are we better than those that slander us? Are we better than those who are blinded? He says, no and no wise, for we have proved, before proved, both Jew and Gentiles are all under sin. And he goes on to say, verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Verse 11, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. Verse 12, they're all gone out of the way. They're all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. That's America today, in case you haven't figured it out. That is China today. That is North Korea today. And you can go on. That is the UK today. That is Canada today. That is Biden and his administration. That is all of New York. That is all of Washington. That is all of America. That is everywhere. There is none righteous, no, not one, except if you are found in Christ. And then you understand. And then you correct the way you're walking because of the Spirit of God that's in you. Because we have all fallen away. And if it weren't for God's grace, there would be no way to get back. You know, one of the most prolific uh, jobs in the military in World War II, and only a few could do it, was blowing up bridges. To keep the enemy from crossing or getting into an area to cut them off. Well, you see, God cut off the sin at Calvary through Christ. Christ triumphed openly over all principalities and powers. Now, Paul is writing to the Romans and to those there which included the Jews and Gentiles and convincing them of an argument that there is none righteous. It is through faith. 
But there are those that are going to do evil, and they're not going to repent. You know, you know, we want people to repent. We want them to. I mean, why would you want someone to stay a sinner who's trying to kill you all the time or overthrow what you do or destroy your family? Why would you want that? No. I know of a people. And I know of a person. And I have worked with people just like this person. And they are so irritatingly hateful, despiteful. And then there are those that are just pure irritating and they're not so spiteful. You know, and they're in your office, your workplace, and you're trying to get along with them. Why wouldn't you want them saved? But when you begin to pray for them, all the powers of darkness begin to assail that person. Because the enemy doesn't want them saved and delivered. They want them evil and going to hell. Now, you see, Paul goes on to say, now, these are the ones that are gone out of the way. They become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Before that, there's none that understandeth, none that seeks after God. Before that, there is none righteous. No, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the soul that sins, it shall die. So he describes the wicked here. The unbeliever, their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. Sounds like some in the church I knew. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, even today. Well, Biden, he put his hand on the Bible to uphold the Constitution. And then, with the other hand, he signed an executive order promoting abortion, the killing of kids. That's blood guilt. I've talked about that a lot. I mean, the Catholic Church is all up in arms over Biden's abortion policy. Now Biden is exporting American dollars to help foreign countries abort babies. Biden is going to be so full of blood and the guilt of blood. It's going to come back on him and his family. You can count on it. That's the way it works. God will hold him and all leaders accountable for everything they do. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. 
<laughs> wow. What are the wicked? Well, that's a good description. Because we see those. I mean, I can pick out people. I can tell you their names that are just like that that I've seen in Congress. And they're still there. They're always nasty all the time. I noticed this quite a long while ago. Every time they talked, they were always nasty and mean. And the only time they were smiling is when they won something and they got their way. When their plots were going ahead. And now a lot of those same people are happy up there because now they can bring on the American people what they want. And they've got Joe Biden there in the presidency that'll do anything they say. They're taking advantage of him, but he also knows what he's doing. But you see, it's more than just Biden and, and the people that are behind him. There are a lot of people trying to destroy this country. They're trying to destroy, uh, destroy the civil society in the UK throughout the uh, European Union. And that's the way it is. From Russia to China and North Korea. You also have Iran. There's other agendas. These people have no fear of God before their eyes. Now Iran thinks they do, but they don't serve the true and living God. Unless they're believers over there in Yeshua. Paul goes on to say, now we know, summing up all this stuff, that what so things what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Now see, this is a very important portion. And we're headed somewhere here. He goes on to say, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. It's the knowledge of sin. The law tells us what is right, what is wrong, what is sin. Nobody's going to be justified by keeping the law, including the Jews. Now, Islam has their own law. But it's not the law of God. It's the law they created. There's a higher law than the law of, the, of uh, the Muslims or the law of man. There's only one righteous, true law. That's the law of God. That's the same law the Jews received, the same law that brought them into relationship with Jehovah. But by the deeds of that law, no flesh are going to be justified. The law today reveals what sin is. And he goes on to say, but now the righteousness of God without the law is being manifested. Well, how can you be righteous without the law? See, and that's what the Jews were taught. You keep the law. You walk in the commandments. 
Deuteronomy 30. That's what the Jews even do today. They learn, well, if I can keep this and do it. Paul himself said that I keep the law blameless. I am a Pharisee of the Pharisee. But yet he knew once the Lord appeared to him that he was a sinner and he changed. He says, I did it ignorantly. He didn't know, hadn't a clue. And the rest, uh, many of the Jews are just like it. They're, they, they, they're doing it ignorantly. They did not. They do not know. And I believe there's a lot of people like that. The righteousness of God without the law is, man, uh, is manifested. In the Old Testament, you were justified by walking in the commandments and that relationship with God. And yet God still had him do an atonement of the blood of bulls and goats. Because God is determined through the blood that atonement for sin would be made. So that's all a shadow of what we see today. Because it was through the shedding of the blood of Christ, the perfect Son of God. Now see, the Catholic teaching that Mary is sinless <laughs> is a lie. They don't know what they're talking about. That was thought up by a group in the in the Catholic Church many years ago. Oh, that's a good idea. She had to been perfect. No, she wasn't perfect. Don't be nuts. There one there is one that was. She is not a co-redeemer. If you fail to believe in Yahshua but believe in Mary, you're in trouble. And I speak that in all truthfulness to the Catholics out there because I've talked to a lot of Catholics. And I've had friends with Catholics, friends with charismatic Catholics who, who knew the truth. Many of them stayed in the Catholic Church to reach the Catholics who were lost. That didn't know the truth. And Paul goes on to say, Even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Now this is what I want to tell you. Verse 27 of Romans 3. Where is boasting then it is excluded? By what law? Of works, nay, but by the law of faith. Now you see, Christians have been taught in the Western world for many, many decades and centuries, you could say, that Christians are not under the law. But you are under a law. It's called the law of faith. And without faith... You can't be redeemed.
That is the law that you're redeemed by. God set forth a law that you are to believe, just as faithful Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness' sake. Faith isn't new. Being justified by faith isn't new. It hadn't come into fulfillness. Abraham was justified by faith. He believed God. It was imputed unto him for righteousness' sake. When you believe God today and do what he says, believe in Christ, it's going to be imputed unto you for righteousness' sake, just like faithful Abraham. Therefore we conclude, he says, that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. That is the law of faith. The law of faith says a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. So when you say I'm not under law, that's not true. You're justified by faith without the deeds of the law. God has received you as long as you believe. Now see, when you cut past all of the understanding of this, and you just see Jesus on the cross, that's okay, I'm, be I'm believing. And you don't understand, number one, that God has ordained that it was through the blood that atonement was made. That anyone that is hanging on a tree or a cross is cursed. And then there's the law of faith. And see, the Jews talking about walking in the law they couldn't walk in the law that's why they kept falling away and they even went to other gods we're following a lot of this in Isaiah our Isaiah study it's a big study and it it's going to take probably two years to finish because I'm not doing it every day of the week But you see, this is important because you as a Christian need to understand that through your faith and believing, you've been justified and you can come unto the Father. There's no inner sanctum. The Holy of Holies is in your heart. This is where the Lord is. Your body is the temple of God. You're looking around for a temple of God? Behold, you are the temple of God. And when you put off this body, which I call the body of death, this is why it says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. You're going to put off this body of death. You're going to put off this fleshly body, and God will give you a new body. So then Paul goes on to say, is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles only. But until this point, there was only, God just had Israel. The God of Israel. Jehovah, Yahweh. Verse 30, seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith 
and the uncircumcision through faith. See, because those who are circumcised, you're not going to undo the circumcision. But it's going to require faith on their part. There's Messianic Jews over in Israel that are preaching the gospel and bringing the gospel to the Jews over there. And they circumcise their kids. They don't circumcise them to save them. They're already saved by faith through grace. But number one, circumcision. That's why all the doctors in America used to do it. When I was born, I was circumcised. That was it. Now, of course, if you're a Gentile wanting to go over and become a Jew, they were required to become circumcised again by a rabbi or whoever does it over there. And sometimes if you go to the wrong one, you have to get circumcised again after that. Oh, it's a big process they go through. But thank you very much. I've been circumcised. I don't, don't intend to go through it again. Thank you very much. Especially at my age, thank you very much. I don't have to because I've got the circumcision of the heart through the spirit. That's what you need. It's not of the flesh. It's of the spirit because the spirit is everlasting. The flesh is going to die. So Paul says, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. We establish the law. You fulfill the law. So when you talk about it's by faith or through faith, Barnes points out that there's no difference in the, in the meaning of these expressions. And he goes on to say, faith is the instrumental cause of justification or acceptance with God. Period. End of story. Now that's Romans 3. And when you're going around quoting the four spiritual laws, or you start talking to someone about redemption, about the only thing we as Gentiles ever really cover is for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. But to understand redemption, to understand what God has done, you need Romans 3, the entire chapter. Next time you read it, read the entire thing and look at it and meditate on it. Because it's because of what God has done that you have hope. You're having trouble today? Yeah, we're all going to have trouble. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. You're going to overcome the world. What does it say to us by faith? It says that we're going to believe in tomorrow that God will make a way for us. We're not going to worry about tomorrow. We're going to take care of today and trust God for today and rejoice and live in him because we can live in love, joy, and peace. But I can tell you that even as a Christian, you can watch and live in America and you can be full of fear. You can be full of trouble. You can see everything going on and you can worry 24 hours a day. It makes you sick. You don't get anywhere. But instead, God is calling you to a higher level to believe, have faith and trust and move on because we've got tougher fish to fry, the phrase says. And I can tell you that your brethren in the world, you know, they just don't have some guy that may be a little nuts running the country. They've got people chasing Christians down, slaughtering, cutting their heads off, taking their daughters as their own, etc., etc. You get on over in North Korea and Christians are in cages you get on over into China and the pastors are being hunted down and they've closed their churches up. 
Yeah, tell me about your faith and tell me about what you're being prosecuted and persecuted for in America today. Tell me, go ahead, and I'll tell you how many others are going through things that you haven't even begun to do. And yet there are those in this country that know very well what's happening in this country, that have tried to warn, like, you know, lackadaisical, lazy Americans who see Marxism as their way out. Well, it's going to get you out all right, baby. It'll kill you. That's the way it is. Absolutely. And so, I think this is, and we got a lot more coming because in Romans there's, this thing is rich. It's a typical uh, Pauline doctrine. And it is just rich. Father, we thank you for your mercy. I pray that you would touch those who hear this whenever they do. Help them to understand it. Help them to rejoice in you and bless them. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Don't forget to go by our websites, warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. If you listen to the shows over on Warren USA and Dana Glenn Smith, I, I do have a automated uh, player and uh, show thing there. Um, but on Warren USA, I've also got all the shows embedded in posts that tell you a little more about what it is, and you can download them in there. So uh, that's both of those. We have a lot of uh, in-depth articles, and we've got a lot of long in-depth studies on audio over there that, uh, I mean, if you want to find a true Christian place to go, that's, that's the place to go, warn-usa.com. And also, we are on so many social sites today. It just absolutely boggles the mind. Now I'm not on I'm not on Facebook. I deliberately got off Facebook and Instagram and Twitter because of the way these morons treated President Trump. I take offense to what they did with Trump as long and, and they're not the only ones. I mean they've been and and YouTube we're on YouTube now are uh, we've been on it because of one of the companies that uh have our audio automatically puts it there. That's the only reason it's there. I don't do anything on YouTube. Not much if I, if I do anything. I, I, don't, I don't recognize YouTube. For many years it's been wicked. And uh, so there's a lot of these uh, techies that are, are definitely, uh, and I've been in the tech world since the beginning. You know, uh, Bill Gates was in diapers. I mean, he's wet behind the ear techie that thinks he knows something. He don't know nothing. Because what's coming, he ain't going to like. Shalom, everybody. Look to the Lord.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.